Welcome to the SUP Podcast with your hosts, Louis and Moitze. Every week, we ask each other what's up with our businesses. What are we struggling with? What's going well? And what interesting things from the world of bootstrapping do we have on our minds today? Follow along, and if you like what you hear, support us by leaving a rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. On with the show. Hey, Moitze, how's it going? a lot better than last week. Last week was rough for me, but this week it's looking to be a very productive and optimistic and good energy week. What about you? My week has started off badly and <gasps> gotten worse from there. No, it, it's not too bad. I just... <laughs> so the worst thing that could ever happen to me has happened. Mm-hmm my gym has closed because of covid Switzerland has shut down all of the gyms uh, that sucks yes and Switzerland is not the kind of place in winter where you can just go and run for half an hour or an hour in, right, in the morning yeah. it's snowy and cold and freezing and yeah I'm feeling terrible because of that yeah, awesome. Sorry, sorry to hear about your rough start. <laughs> That's no fun. Also, you should have learned from your first experience, the first wave of coronavirus, that gym equipment gets sold out pretty quickly once they close the gyms. And we actually, during the first wave, same thing happened to us. So they closed the gyms. We tried to buy some equipment. It was sold out. So we tried or, or pre-ordering it, got it in like after two weeks and decided, you know what, we're not learning from, we're going to learn from this experience. <laughs> so now that the gyms are closed again here, we're like, yes, we did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of your fault, but I feel for you nonetheless. <laughs> oh, no, it's definitely my fault. But to be fair, and the reason that I'm so annoyed about it is that, so this happened on on Friday, they decided, and on Saturday, they closed the gyms, which is yeah. fine. They're, like It is a pandemic. They probably should close the gyms, at least for a couple of weeks. I thought they were going to open them again in a week or so. Maybe it takes mm-hmm. a bit longer, but I, I get why. So in, in the entirety of Switzerland, no one has been recorded as catching COVID-19 in the gym. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's a, it's a hotspot, right? It's the opposite of a hotspot, basically. But anyway, so I was like, okay, well, that's fine. And then I realized today, since Saturday, the number of cases each day has doubled again in Switzerland. Mm. And they decided today that they, so this is after a week, they decided that they're going to take even more strong measures than shutting the gyms. And they're going to close nightclubs and make bars close at 11 p.m. Why don't they close the bars as well? Well, exactly. If you're going to close a gym, how can you leave nightclubs open? Yeah. This makes no sense to me. So, yeah. yeah. I think Slovenia was different in that. I think they first closed the bars, if I remember correctly, and the restaurants, and then it was the gyms. So, yeah, that (laughs) I think (laughs) what we're learning during this pandemic is that people accept decisions that maybe don't really make sense, but here we go. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I have given up going yeah, to the gym too. and I have now taken up hardcore drinking and I oh, will yeah. be out there until 10.59 Monday through Sunday. Yeah, Just- I did... I did, however, stock up on wine, true story. So maybe, yeah, l- look into that. 
into wine? Is there any particular reason or just... Uh... Oh, actually, all types of alcohol, actually, whiskey is... <laughs> says, yeah, I, this is the part where I have to admit that I don't really drink very much outside of... When I'm out for a meal or with friends or on a night out or something, I'll have a drink. Mm. But at home, I, I don't actually drink, really. Oh, all. I love... Yeah, I love... Maybe that we're different in that view. Yeah. I love I love to cook a good dinner and then have a glass of wine on the side. Because, like, it, it, my thinking is, if I put all of this effort into making this beautiful and tasty dish might as well have a glass of wine right next to it. <laughs> yeah, but that's because you're a normal human who can do moderation. And with me, okay. it's very much, if I'm going to have, I find it very difficult to have a glass of wine and then to justify, oh, I will still go to the gym and I'll still do some work. For me, it's, oh, I, I broke my healthiness, then I'm going to go and do whatever. Uh, understood. Yeah. yeah. It makes no sense at all. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, we're different. <laughs> we are. So give me some good news then. What's the good news this week? So I, yeah, I have a couple of good news to share after last week, just being shit and all. I closed a new client this week. Like this is the last client that I'm going to accept in 2020. That's what you said something... last time and the time before. I know, and the time I before. know but I, I hired contractors. <laughs> so I'm justifying that a little bit. I also finished two emails for the Science of Facebook ads relaunch, which is, I think, a really good result considering that I have all this client work and onboarding with a client that I'm taking care of as well. And yeah, the speaking of contractors, I have my first official meeting with them tomorrow. So we're starting things off officially next week. When we talk, we're going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be able to report back on how we work together, how things are. Maybe they'll listen to the podcast even, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Never mentioned it to them, but yeah. And I also, I also have another, uh, project that I'm working on with two friends of mine, actually, that I never mentioned on this podcast. And I was thinking about that last week. I was like, I never mentioned that I'm doing this awesome thing. And I have to mention it this time. I always worked with international clients and I did my webinars all in English and I never really catered to local slash national audience in Slovenia up until this year when I started doing workshops, in-person workshops about Facebook advertising, teaching small businesses how to do Facebook ads. And they were really popular. So I did two workshops before COVID and both of them sold out immediately. So then I decided with two of my friends that we're going to do a big workshop together, which is going to be like a three-day workshop from Wednesday to Friday, four hours. And I have a friend that is just an expert in PR and another friend that's an expert in branding. And we're doing that workshop together. We just finalized the topics. We have the webpage ready. We have 300 people on our waiting list which is incredibly wow. exciting. Yeah. So we're, I think we're opening enrollment for that workshop, which is going to be hold, uh, held online naturally. And we're opening enrollment, I think later this week, or maybe in the beginning of next week. So that's another exciting thing, positive thing that I can report about. Yeah. And when is that workshop going to take place? Is it going to be just one? Is it going to be a series? 
Yeah. So we're going to have multiple ones because I want, so for my in-person workshop uh, workshops that I did, I had a limit of 14 people because first of all, it was in-person workshop and it was, I wanted it to be more intimate. However, uh, and the second reason is I wanted to answer questions in detail from each and every person that has a question. So I kept it very intimate. However, with this workshop, considering it's online, it's going to be a little bit easier to manage. There are going to be three of us. So when one person is has a workshop, the other two people are going to be in the uh, comment section answering any questions, moderating the discussions, etc. So it's going to be a lot easier to manage. However, we don't want to have 300 people watching that because again, we still want to have or to make it more intimate. So we're thinking of accepting, we're currently like I'm for 30 people max and they want to have like 40 people. So it's going to be between 30 and 40 probably, but yeah. And it's happening mid November. Cool. I guess if you always get fewer people turning up than pay, even if it's expensive, people don't always turn up to things, especially if they're live events, True. they'll maybe watch them online. So I guess 40 is probably more like 30 or 25 anyway, probably. Yeah, that's true. I think with online things, I heard this once that a third of the people signed up actually showed up. And that has always been the case with my webinars as well. So when I had a webinar, even if it was a paid webinar, a third of people um, actually showed up live and the other two thirds watched the recording afterwards. Yeah, no, I, I see the same things. It's I think it also depends on how much you market it, right? Like the more marketing you do, the more people sign up, eh, maybe. True. And then, yeah, if you only yeah. post it in like a secret location that only the people who really want that thing keep looking for, then probably everybody's going to turn up. But yeah, yeah. that's yeah, true. For sure. Yeah. So how did you get like, how did you get 300 people on the wait list then? So it's interesting because my... I, I never mentioned my friends' names. <laughs> the PR expert is, her name is Nina and the branding expert, her name is Masha. And we all have separate audiences that are actually really strong audiences. So I have an audience on Instagram, on my email list, on my Facebook profile. That's a local audience coming from Slovenia. And both of both Nina and Masha have their own separate audiences. They're really strong on Instagram. So as soon as we actually started playing with the idea of doing this, we hinted that we might do because people in Slovenia know us for our expertise. So we hinted to a possible workshop that we're going to do together. And as soon as we mentioned it, just mentioned it before we had anything done on Instagram, people just started lining up and people got really excited. And then Nina actually has a very popular podcast in Slovenia. So she hosted both Masha and myself on her podcast. We mentioned the workshop again and people were just ecstatic. I think it, we did a little bit of marketing beforehand, try to create some sort of hype around this workshop where you can come and you'll learn everything from PR marketing, getting your first customers, getting your first clients, branding, etc. And yeah, with, I think within the first day, 
our goal was to get 100 people on our waiting list. And I think within the first 24 hours, we actually got 200 people on our waiting list. So uh, it's going to be, yeah, a really exciting thing to do. And we're going to now have one workshop in November and then hopefully one in December and continuing that through 2021 as well. Wow. Sounds exciting. Sounds like that could be a thing that becomes a major part of what you do. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that we're also thinking of doing later on a paid video course, which is more, let's say, perfect or just in better form because like live workshops, we're going to make mistakes and, but a full on video course is going to be a little bit more polished. So we're thinking of doing that in 2021. So yeah, a lot of things on my plate, but really exciting ones as well. Yeah, for sure. I was just thinking, I actually, I'm, I'm doing a live uh, webinar workshop for one of our Sparkly partners in two and a half hours. And that reminded me that every time I, I do something like that so that I can understand their audience better, I always ask for a link to the best, the best similar recording that they've had, the best webinar that they've run so far with, mm. a, with an external guest. Well, that is so, that's such a good strategy. (laughs) Maybe. It it made me think that actually, maybe I should ask them for the most mediocre, but still okay one so that I'm not, (laughs) because I always get these perfect ones that are really good. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to, yeah, that's better than me. What, what's the saying, shoot for the moon, land on the star or something like that? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the other way around. I think it's shoot for the the moon. And if you miss it, then you'll end up in the stars anyway. Yeah, something like that. There's no gravity, you'll carry on. It's (laughs) exactly. Yeah, no, cool. So awesome. And are you ready for the contractors? I think so. What I did last week, which also helped with my productivity a little bit, I don't, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on our last episode, but I was really struggling with project management because when you do project management for yourself, when you're just you, it's a lot easier. You can be a little bit messy and get away with it. But with contractors coming on, I definitely want to be more organized so I can see what we need to work on. So I took a large chunk of my Friday to actually do this and to prepare everything for the contractors, uh, to organize my client projects a little bit more. So I did a separate workspace in Notion where I now have all of my clients' tasks, all of the milestones that we want to reach before the end of Q4. That is ready. All I need to now do is just essentially after tomorrow's meeting, just update them on my clients, what our goals are, then add them to the ads manager and just start working. So I think pretty much like everything is pretty much ready. I'm excited. I'm scared, but really excited still. (laughs) Great. Yeah. It must be, these are people you've been, that you've talked to a bit before already, right? So it's not, it's not an awkward first day. Yeah. And they are, I, I, I love it because they're really like, they're really chill about it. I definitely postponed working with them, not because I wouldn't want to, but because I had, first of all, a lot on my plate, I was onboarding new clients, so I couldn't get around to it as fast as I would want. So when I mentioned, I'm sorry that it took me a week to respond to your email when you are so eager to start working together, they were really chill about it. Like we totally understand. We're just so excited to work with you. Yeah. It's going to be fun couple of weeks. Nice. 
What about you? Do you have any more positive news around your business to share? (laughs) I do. I do. Yes, of course. I'm not even actually that annoyed. It's very difficult to make me, to get me actively grumpy. Yeah. The referral university that I've been working on for the past couple of weeks and talked about is, is live. It's up there. It's ready. People are using it. Um, happy with that. It's, it's had so much scope creep, but I'm really happy with how it turned out. Now, Sparkloop wise, the main thing I'm focusing on at the moment is, and I think I touched on this like last week as well, is basically taking us from a company. The first impression you get of Sparkloop at the moment when you turn up on the website is that we are a small probably like a one or a two person company that hasn't been going for very long, right? We're not like an established player that could have hundreds of employees. And that's what I'm working on at the moment is creating all of that content that makes us look like we are someone to be taken really seriously. So Mm. all of the, the blog posts, the how to, the interviews, the content marketing, the knowledge base, just getting us to that place where when you go and visit sparkloop.app, you say, okay, this is a serious company who's been around for a while and knows what they're doing. So that's the the main thing that I'm working on now because we're working a bit on repositioning ourselves to focus more on larger customers mm-hmm. and they care about that kind of thing a lot mm-hmm. more than the the indie hackers, the people who are going to be paying us 20 or, or $30 yeah. a month. Yeah. yeah, because I definitely wanted to ask if this is just a cosmetic change that you're doing but obviously it has roots elsewhere like you said you want to get bigger bigger clients bigger customers which absolutely makes sense that you need to then reflect that on your landing page as well yeah yeah exactly so it's interesting how that came about I actually last week started a mastermind the first time I've done uh, or the first time I've really been involved in, in a mastermind before and I'm doing that with with Brennan Shai. Brennan is his co-founder over at Message. Yeah. The same kind of customers as us, similar size, a bit bigger, uh, growing about the same speed. And also you may know Jane and Benedict from yeah. UserList. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian uh, Castle from of course. Process Kit. <laughs> yes. So yeah. the four of us have <laughs> similar challenges with our SaaS businesses. We have companies, we have, pro- well, I should say, we have products that, work really well if the user knows how to use them so the user needs educating which is Mm. never an easy thing to do and we thought with the four of us facing similar challenges around that we should take the time every two weeks to sit down and chat together and keep each other accountable and, and help each other out and yeah I don't know if you do any mastermind stuff but I've never been one for it really before I like to spend as much time actually doing the work and as little time talking about the work as possible but with with the pandemic with none of the conferences happening and just the opportunity to sit down with other founders and just really unload what's on your mind that isn't really there anymore at the moment so yeah. it's been really great to do and I'm looking forward to, to next week's uh, second sit down together already yeah I I think we all now crave human connection in during these times so I absolutely understand why you decided to do a mastermind also fun fact 
I was in a mastermind with Renan and with Jane a couple of years ago, <laughs> but we're not, that mastermind doesn't exist anymore, but yeah, I'm not in one right now. I definitely have friends, which like also like agency owners where we, every other week we catch up a little bit and talk about the progress we're making, the challenges that we're facing. But yeah, like I said at the beginning, I 100% understand the need for that human connection during these times. And I think masterminds are pretty cool, uh, pretty cool in general. I think like I remember the masterminds, the one that I mentioned where I was in with Brennan and Jane and several other people, I always walked away with it with new ideas and maybe new perspectives on some things that I don't know, I never even thought before. So yeah, I'm really happy for you. Yeah, it's no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I always thought that I wouldn't like to do them because I don't particularly enjoy getting advice from other people who aren't very close to the business. Mm. So I always was a bit, yes, they are some super clever people in there, but also do they know my business enough to give advice in that short amount of time? Yeah. But what I've been finding is it's less about the advice and more about it as they explain the challenges that they're going through and what's working for them and what isn't, that teaches me a lot about how I should approach things with Sparkloop as well. And yeah. hearing people going through that and helping them work out what they're doing is really valuable for me. And I think they probably also learn a lot more from when they're listening to me talk about what I'm going through as well. So yeah. it's been a, like a really pleasant surprise and I'm glad, I'm glad we're doing it. So I think... You mentioned that you typically don't like to get advice from other people that aren't involved in the business, but I think you solved, not solved that problem, but you made it easier for yourself to listen to other people because like you mentioned at the beginning, they all have like similar businesses, similar target audiences. So I think if you find a mastermind with which you have a couple of common points, I think that is much better than, because I know I have been a couple of years ago, I have been in several masterminds and with some other business owners, I had absolutely nothing in common with, um, and it just didn't work. So that kind of setup that you mentioned, it will definitely help you on the long run. Yeah. It always reminds me, I actually, uh, you're bringing the, the memory back to me of, I did actually do one mastermind. I've tried one once for one, for one session before which was about two years ago. And it was actually with my current co-founder at Sparkloop, uh, Manuel, when we were friends, mm -hmm. but we weren't working on the same business together. And uh, he said, look, I want to do a mastermind. I have a, a friend who is, so he is Italian and his friend is also Italian, even more Italian than he is. <laughs> if that kind of, if you can picture that, very Italian, very quite laid back and both developers. And then the person I brought in for the mastermind on my side was a friend called Mark, who is a, a, a professional salesperson, has been in sales pretty much all their life and is running a, an investor-backed startup focused on sales software. Mm -hmm. So we get to this mastermind expecting it to be, <laughs> we're going to take 10 minutes and we're going to crank this out and we're really going to hit some hard truths and get some stuff done, get some accountability on the page and then go and do some work and feel pumped up and motivated. And these poor Italians who wanted to sit there and like with a cup of <laughs> coffee and just philosophize about the world and <laughs> about what they were doing and things they were trying out. It was like, I don't know, 
it was like watching one of those videos where you know where a killer whale um like plays with a seal before it eats it uh, and they like <laughs> throw it from ice to ice it was really uh it was a, a fun experience to be part of, but also clearly just a, a terrible match. Yeah, I would love to see that with my own eyes. I think most masterminds, because I know a couple of years ago, masterminds become, became really popular. That I think that that's one of the ways I got in touch with Brennan and Jane and other similar people. Like masterminds become became popular. People did masterminds like all over the place everyone had a mastermind that they were in but I think most of them were just people within that mastermind weren't a good fit no one thought about like maybe we need to find people that are I don't know like have a similar business approach or approach to work don't put the Germans and Italians together (laughs) so yeah I think we all made that mistake when we joined our first mastermind a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm tempted just to carry on talking about masterminds, honestly, because I don't know too much about them. It seems like you've had some experience. So, yeah. Yeah, I like I, I a couple of years ago when they became really popular, I got invited to a couple of them and I was really excited to talk to other people about how they're running their businesses and so on, especially because Back when I was starting out, I never wanted to stay local and or work within Slovenia. So connecting with other people from the United States, from Germany, from England, it all fit my goals, the goals that I essentially wanted to reach with Super Spicy Media being an international agency. So I joined as many masterminds as possible. And to be honest, A couple of them, even though maybe, let's say in a few months time, they, I don't know, maybe weren't the best fit, it still created connections that maybe weren't there before. So on those meetings, we we exchanged, I don't know, feedback on projects. We talked about what we're struggling with, the obstacles, et cetera, and it was helpful, but I think most helpful or the best thing that I took away from those masterminds were just the connections. So Brennan actually being one of the people that I essentially met through a mastermind, Jane as well, and we've carried those connections through. I'm still in contact with Brennan. I'm in contact with Jane. So I think, sure, if you find a perfect hit, a perfect fit, for your mastermind, people with some common points or common obstacles, whatever, you're going to take away a lot more than just connections. But even if the mastermind, I don't know, turns out not to be a very valuable in terms of business perspectives that you can get or whatever, just creating those connections is worthwhile. It's de- and even like in times right now during COVID, we're all, all in lockdown. I think it's even more valuable because you don't have any conferences that you would go to where you would talk to people like you mentioned before. So masterminds are, I think, the substitute for that. Yeah, and I, I absolutely hit the nail on the head. I think maybe it's interesting that this one seems to be working because we we united around a shared goal and we were selective with who who has joined, right? Like we, 
we put this together almost for a purpose like you create a team this isn't yeah uh, and you know what always the reason I was skeptical of this kind of thing before <clears throat> I think the main reason is probably because I'm sure you've seen this just as much on Twitter and, and all those forums and at conferences and everything there are so many people who really just want to talk about building a business and aren't really in it to build a business and it's so yeah. easy to find yourself in a situation where you're in a room with all of those people because everyone else is somewhere else doing serious stuff and yeah. I always assume that most of the people in these masterminds if you go and just join one that they're probably the kind of people who love to talk about building a business but aren't actually doing it at all yeah and that's been my experience as well with a few of the masterminds. I have to admit that even from those masterminds, there were a couple of good connections that I have made. Most of them, sure, trash, but uh, a couple of them were really golden ones. But I think as you like engage in a mastermind and have those mastermind meetings, you quickly recognize if it's a good fit or not. I think you like if you're good at reading people which i think most of us are at this point i think you're quickly going to know if the people in your mastermind are like you mentioned the people that are just thinking of doing something but don't really ever plan on really doing something or like you said you have you already have an established business and you're all trying it to grow and can exchange valid opinions. So I think like you can quickly recognize which kind of mastermind you're in. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's funny how quickly you can suss out which people are the, I'm not going to say the problem people because they're not causing any problems necessarily, but who just aren't in it to be serious, right? Like the, I guess the term is like the entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. I see it all the time with sales for founders when I do coaching or when we do our weekly check-ins as well with new founders who are there. Yeah. Just that it's maybe the first week you don't quite notice it. And then the second week, they're still working <laughs> on the same thing as the week before. And mm -hmm. then the next week, they're still, maybe they've dropped that and they're working on something else, but they never finished it. Like they never moved yeah. forward and got a result. It's always just, oh, I'm still thinking about this or oh, I'm circling back to thinking about that again or maybe I should pivot. And then the next week it's, oh, but maybe I should think about this. It's like, there's just no momentum moving forward. They just have zero, like the zero drive there. And that it, it, I do wonder sometimes like for a mastermind, like I think it's maybe, it feels dangerous to me to put myself into a situation where I'm with people who are floating from thing to thing. And that's perfect. It's not a bad thing to do. But I think if you're trying to get the momentum to break free from that, yeah. then you probably don't want to be in that situation. At least that's my, I, yeah. Yeah. I think the best masterminds that I was a part of were those that were really intimate and you had to get invited to the mastermind. And it, that didn't mean that it's going to be a close group of people where everyone knows each other beforehand and you can't really make new connections. That absolutely wasn't the case. But when, for example, when I got invited to that mastermind that I previously talked about with Brennan and Jane, I knew something. I knew someone on the inside and he said like we have this mastermind and I can see that you're doing good work I've like we've talked would you like to be a part of that and I think like I said 
those kinds of masterminds that grow from referrals from where you need to be like validated in order to be invited where when other people need to say you know what this person sounds like he could contribute to the mastermind those were the masterminds that I loved the most not just like doing a mastermind and then announcing it on Twitter hey I'm doing a mastermind and I'm looking for 10 other people to join (laughs) that's never going to work yeah that's like saying hey I'm doing this thing at this time who else has free time right then? Who yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I, I bet people who just have random free time available during the day probably aren't going to be an amazing fit for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the first rule of uh, masterminds is don't tell people about masterminds, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> we, we, we do run the mastermind that we have very much as a fight club, so that makes sense. It's, oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah, oiled up and shirt off for every everyone. They've asked me to turn the camera off, and they've, I, they've, I've been told off about it several times, but they can't stop me. <laughs> would love to see that <laughs> no I don't think I don't oh, think God. anybody would maybe for the, the the 500th episode if we get there we can it gives me time to prepare now that the gym's closed oh awesome yeah yeah so what are you looking forward to uh in the week ahead then next yeah. time we talk is going to be next Wednesday the 4th I think of November which mm. is going to be a happy or a sad day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For me, hopefully it's going to be a happy day because of the contractors. Let's just uh-huh. put it like that. <laughs> yeah. That will this will be our hours capsule away from the the madness of the outside world, hopefully. What well, yeah, I absolutely agree. So can't wait until Wednesday. I'm watching too much news lately. I think all of us are. So it's going to be an interesting, an interesting week ahead. However, like I said, hopefully we're going to be able to just plug out of the news and what's happening in the world and just talk about different things on the podcast. Hopefully I'll come back with some new experience working with my contractors and I'll have some good news for you. So that's what I'm most looking forward to next week and also looking forward to writing more emails for the science of Facebook ads. And actually, now that I mentioned the workshop that I'm doing with those two friends of mine, with Masha and Nina, I think we're going to be opening enrollment, like I said, end of this week or beginning of next week. So maybe I'll have some numbers to report back. Yeah, let's cross our fingers and see how it goes. Awesome. I'm excited to hear more about that. That's actually, it brings me to a, a, a random throwaway question, but we're not going to talk about the election, of course, but yeah, I imagine that as someone who works with a lot of US-based clients who run Facebook ads, that must be, d- does it make a difference? Are there special rules? Or like, do you notice that ads become crazy expensive and people aren't even, are your clients changing the way oh. they behave for that? Oh, so I had like, we, we could talk, we could make a whole podcast episode out of it regarding Facebook ads. I'm now like advertisers are in crazy mode right now. I check on my ads every single hour right now because the prices have gone up. I don't even have a word for it. I have to say that my clients, we're still doing good. But I'm talking to my colleagues that also do Facebook ads for U.S. clients or targeting people in the U.S. And it's just absolutely crazy. The CPMs are through the roof and everyone is just 
trying to get in front of their target audiences and they cannot. It's really hard. It's really expensive. So far, we're hanging on. Uh, we're doing really good. I'm not even complaining at this point. We are seeing increased cost per lead and cost per purchases, cost per add to cart, whatever, but we're hanging on. It's a little bit crazy. We're not behaving differently. We're just taking it one day at a time, just trying to decide what our next action is going to be like. We did create like a plan B for the case if the prices skyrocket for us too. In that case, if that would happen and we couldn't fix it within a day, what we would do is we would just turn off the ads until November 3rd and then turn on, turn, turn them back on again. So right now we're still doing okay, but it's definitely crazier than usual. Like I said, I'm not frantically checking my campaigns typically because I know that they're running okay, but right now I'm just in there every single hour, just making sure that everything's okay. Our ads get rejected a lot. So, um, like I now know that when I launch any kind of campaign, it doesn't matter what we're advertising, whatever campaign I launch, I know that I have to be behind my computer for the next two hours because my, our ads were will probably get rejected and I'll need to spend at least an hour with their support, just trying to communicate what's wrong and how we can get those ads approved. And just yesterday I was trying to get, I think, 40 ads that were rejected. I was trying to get them approved and I spent an hour and a half with their support reps. Just something wasn't working in Facebook. Everything's breaking down. So it's, it is crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I can only imagine that. How much of that is, do you think is election related and how much of that is like Black Friday, Christmas run up? Because I know from my own experience, yeah. it gets a bit crazy coming up to, to Black Friday anyway. So how much of that yeah. do you think the, the election actually is affecting? I think election right now is affecting most of it. And that is because this started happening way before people started thinking of Black Friday. So when elections took off, let's say a couple of months ago, maybe that's when the prices started to increase. It wasn't dramatic, but we definitely saw the influence of the elections. So I think now maybe Black Friday and the upcoming holidays contributed to that, but I think the election is still the majority of, of the problem. But yeah, like the rest of the year, I, I already prepared all of my clients for this. I told them we're, we don't know what's going to happen, especially this year with COVID. Like it could go both ways. It could like the People, we know that a lot of businesses are going out of business, which means that there might not be a lot of advertisers advertising on Facebook, which could drive the cost down. However, what we think will happen is probably just on the other side of the spectrum, people that still have businesses and people that still advertise on Facebook, they're going to pour more and more money in there because everyone's going to do online shopping this year. And like I prepared all of my clients. We don't know what will happen. So we just need to take it one day at a time, one week at a time, see what happens. Just try to be smart about it. We're already working on plan A, plan B, plan C. So far, so good. I know that last year I turned some of the, I actually paused collaboration with some of the clients. We just decided what 
it doesn't make sense to advertise in December. So we paused our collaboration for one month and then resumed in January, but we'll see what will happen this year. I'm, I'm ready. This, this time of year is especially crazy for advertisers. <laughs> yeah, I can bet. It's uh, wow. I'm glad that the newsletter industry is a lot more stable. I think. So maybe more positive news to finish off with. What are you looking forward to next week? Hopefully it won't be as crazy as my week. Yeah, no. So this weekend we at Spark Group, we spent a bit of time building out a side project, like a free tool. And we've built a couple of them in the past that we give out to our customers and people who we think would be potential good customers of ours that can help them just do little things mainly around marketing their newsletter. So it's the kind of thing that maybe they would pay five, $10 a month for, but is a pretty bad business to be perfectly honest and is easy and cheap for us to create. And we just give that away for free as marketing because we know the kind of people who are going to use that are the kind of people who we want to see Sparkloop every day and be reminded that they should use us too as well. Yes, we built a little one this weekend. We do it every couple of months just as some fun over the weekend. Me and my co-founder, Manuel, he did most of the, like, he did all of the building. I did the rest of the stuff. (laughs) And yeah, so we're going to launch that this week and hopefully we'll have some fun, some fun stuff to report back about how it worked. The last tool that we launched has generated, I'd say, over $10,000 in lifetime value in the couple of months since it's been live. So hopefully this one can be be similar I think it's going to have kind of the same effect and it's it's fun to do and it we work with these people all day every day and if we see them yeah wanting to do like needing something fixed then it's we genuinely enjoy helping our customers so it's fun to build something and, and give that to them uh, for free anyway yeah yeah I, isn't that also the thing that Basecamp did with a lot of their products if I remember correctly yeah like with they Basecamp started as a sort of a side project and then they did high rise as a result of that as well a side project and can't remember all the other projects that they did I think there were a lot of them but I remember reading about that actually yeah I'm sure it makes so much sense right if you are on the phone four to eight hours a day with your customers talking about what they're thinking about, working on, worried about what's going well, what's going yeah. badly, uh, where they spend their time, then you're just going to find so many different things that you can do for them outside of what you're already doing. And that can lead to amazing product ideas. It could lead to great consulting work. It can lead to so much stuff. And uh, we can just pick out some of the, the easy quick best ones and as long as they're cheap for us to build cheap for us to run and the kind of thing that people would find helpful then we can build them out every couple of weekends and that gives us the splash of here's something new let's put this on product hunt all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and it's always yeah it's always fun to work on I think it may like creating a break from your usual business I think it's something that we all need every now and then maybe doing something differently because it, again, you gain maybe a different perspective on something. You just move away from your main business for a little bit. I think it's just a very fun thing to do every once in a while. So I'm really excited hearing how that goes. Thanks. Yeah, same. And it's one of the main reasons I enjoy doing it or that kind of thing is that obviously with my co-founder Manuel at Sparkle Loop, we we're not in the same place. We talk often, we, you know, we talk every day, 
but we don't get the chance to sit down and uh, at the moment with the pandemic I, the plan was that we, we were quite close you know geographically originally and we can't sit down and have drinks together or have lunch it's you can mm. I guess you can do that over zoom but let's be honest who's really doing that anymore after the first couple of weeks of lockdown like on a regular basis so this is like a really nice chance for us to spend some time together and make sure we have a, a strong relationship and build on that and do something that's fun and exciting and challenging but also not the day-to-day work that we maybe we have to do together anyway it's yeah. a nice little different thing to do together yeah it's like a virtual company retreat where you try to connect with each other each each other a little bit more but avoiding the day-to-day work uh, and being productive about it nonetheless so yeah yeah exactly it's it's a whole new series of things for us to disagree on it's like when you have a relationship (laughs) and you decide on the weekends to go to ikea Uh, yeah and you're like whoa i forgot that we tend to disagree with things (laughs) a lot (laughs) exactly yes exactly oh have you seen the video that went viral i think two years ago with the guy like ikea stuff right he has they have these weird names so he had he created like a spoof video where he tries to insert those words into sentences so it was very like he embarrassed his girlfriend in ikea and i was there for it it was a hilarious video i haven't seen that but i i will have to now I'll send it to you. We can put it in the show notes for everyone that wants to see. Everyone should see that video. So if you haven't watched it, you definitely need to. Very good. So don't listen to the other episodes of the podcast until you've watched that video. That is the the most important takeaway from today. Yeah, because everything that we're going to talk about moving forward is going to be about that video. Exactly. We are swapping to that. That is the main thing now. IKEA related viral videos is, is what we are here for. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was good to talk about our businesses, but that's too boring. We should definitely talk about IKEA words. <laughs> exactly. That's what the people want. So let's go that's away and weird. plan that then. And hopefully next week we will come back awesome. and the world will still be standing and you will have two new awesome contractors who are doing really well. And I will have a successful launch of our side project. Yeah. And you'll have some more gym equipment and you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yes. Awesome. Have a great rest of the week. Yeah. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. This was the Sub Podcast. If you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. You can find Louis at Nichols underscore, and you can reach out to me, Moitza, at Moitza Mars. Not sure how either of those are spelled out. We get that a lot. Just check our show notes for more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to follow along and leave a review if you like our casual check-ins. Thank you for listening.